It's good to be back with you guys today. I uh, appreciate Nathan uh, teaching last weekend for me, and I uh, understand that uh, uh, he told me before I left that uh, he was expecting people to walk out of his message, but uh, looks like some came back anyway, so he must have not scared you too bad. Um, and man, that just got all over me a second ago. I don't know about you. Um, and so I'm kind of reeling from that right now. So forgive me for just kind of needing a minute. Um, so last weekend, I just to share because I'll have a million people ask me and I already have had several. Um, my side business, we did a booth at a, at a expo thing last weekend in Chicago. And, uh, and they had invited me to speak. And so um, I think I told you guys, uh, if you were here to hear it, um, they, I didn't know what they, you know, what they want me to speak about. Uh, we, we, you know, we chrome pinball parts or we powder coat them or whatever, you know, uh, that's the side business. And so, uh, that and just other, the game stuff in general. But, um, so I asked them, I was like, what do you want me to talk about? They said, well, the guy that's over the thing, he's a friend of mine and he's a believer. And he said to me, um, you know, I want you to tell him who you are. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, I want you to tell him who you are. I said, I mean, you want me to talk about chrome and cars and pinball machines, and you want me to talk about my family and Jesus or what? And he's like, I want you to tell them who you are. I was like, okay. So I talked about all of it. And, uh, and uh, before it was over with, I, I guess in a, in a way, I just kind of invited uh, everybody to know in that hobby. Of course, there, was, there wasn't, a, there was, you know, a handful of people, and there were probably 30, 30 people or so, uh, but they're, they taped it and it'll be on a thing or whatever. Uh, but just kind of invited people to know that I felt like God, you know, and I, and I said, I know some of you are not believers, so this may sound weird to you. I said, but I feel like God has put me uh, in this hobby and, and, and purposely wanted to keep me in it when I have tried to leave it multiple times um, and sell out and just be done with it, uh, that he's wanted me to stay in it uh, for me to minister to people in it. Uh, and to be here for you. And I just said, if you ever need something, you just need somebody to talk to. I said, just call me, you know, kind of thing. So I guess I technically um, invited the whole hobby to let me be their pastor. Uh, so I, I don't know how that'll go. Uh, but uh, I, I will say, I, I have been amazed uh, at how God has worked in that. And, uh, uh, and I, hope, I hope that you know that I, I struggle through some of the same things that you guys probably struggle through with your regular jobs, as people want to, you know, put that or whatever, uh, when they talk to a pastor normally, uh, and just that, you know, it's sometimes awkward, or sometimes it's not, you don't know what to say, or sometimes it's like, can I go t a little further with this, or whatever. It's a little easier for me, because I own my own company in that, uh, I, you know, there's nobody to fire me. Uh, you know, if I, if, I, if I go too far with the conversation, maybe they won't buy something from me again, I don't know. Uh, but in general, um, I've, been, I've been amazed to see what God is doing in that, um, and I've got, um, I've got a couple of friends that are close to me, very, very close friends that are not believers uh, in that hobby that uh, I feel like God's put them in my life for me to minister to them, and, and I'm praying for them. And, and you're welcome to pray for them uh, with me. Uh, one of them's in the hospital right now, and I, I love him dearly. Uh, and uh, another one, he goes with me on every one of these trips. Like, we spend all this time together and stuff, and uh, I just keep talking about Jesus and, you know, what, uh, what God's doing and, you know, different things. So, um, anyway, I, I hope you know that I'm, I'm there with you with that, with that aspect of life, and, and uh, you can pray for me like I pray for you about that stuff. I, I really appreciate it. So, um, if you've got a Bible, let's go ahead and, and jump into it here today. Uh, we're going to... Um, the book of Matthew first. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers have them, and they'd be glad to bring you one. Just throw your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care. And uh, we'll turn the whole thing into a hip-hop hooray video before it's over with. Uh, naughty by nature, not because I hate you. All right. I can't stop. Once it gets going, I can't stop. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so we've been in this series, the Misconception series, uh, and, and today we're, we're ending the Misconception series, although I think there's probably like a million more misconceptions about Christianity, uh, and, uh, and we could keep going, uh, but I just, we just felt like it would be good to kind of, you know, have, a, have kind of a, you know, a stopping point and kind of, you know, we, we've, we've hashed out some good stuff, and I've, man, I've had 
really good feedback from a lot of you about different things, and, and even in the aftermath of certain things that we've talked about. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, for instance, uh, you know, one, one of the men in our church he, uh, who, who lost, lost his son here about a week ago, um, and he's here today, a uh, very close friend of mine. And, you know, he was talking to me about some of the things that we've talked about in this series and in light of that and what it looks like uh, to understand death, to understand going through moments like this, to understand this world even, uh, and, and our response to it, and, and how, how it is so important for us to understand, uh, you know, what, a, what our theology is, even though, even though, you know, a lot of times we kind of, we back, we hear words like that, and we want to back away from them and go, ah, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not a scholar, I'm not a reader, I'm not a whatever. Uh, but at the end of the day, just for us to have like basic understandings of some of these things and why some of these things are not good to buy into, and mainly because they change our view of who God is. You know, if, if we really believed that God won't give us any more than we could handle, well, then we wouldn't need God. You know, we'd, we'd be cool. We'd be like, hey, God, thanks for saving me. I'm out. I'm, I'm going to go do my thing now because I know you're not going to give me any more than I can handle. So, I, you know, I got this. You know, but the truth is, is we need him. And, and he wants us to be reminded uh, that we need him and, 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 and so on and so forth. With so many of the, with all of the other things that we've been talking through uh, throughout this series are just little things for us to pay attention to and have an understanding of. And it's important because if we misconstrue what truth is, then it, it changes who we think he is. And we don't want to have a wrong perception of God. I, I don't want to have a wrong perception of God. Uh, and mainly because I just know in my life, I need, I need him. And I, I need to know who he is. I need to know what he's capable of, how, how he does have this, and how he does have my back in and, and moments when I can't handle it or whatever it is. And so, uh, and, and, and furthermore, things like, you know, that we're, you know uh, the more you give, the more you get kind of stuff. You know, like, oh, I'm going to do more for God, so he's going to do more for me. And, you know, they, they, God doesn't work like that. He's a loving father, you know? The thing about, you know, I've, I, I'm blessed, and I know a lot of people are not, but I am, I am super blessed to have a loving father, earthly father, uh, as my dad. And my, my dad loves, loves me, loves, loves our family, I mean, to the moon and back. He would do anything, you know, the, jo the joke forever, I mean, forever, with, and it still is, with, with my mom and he and I uh, was, you know, that we'd go somewhere and, you know, that I, you know, we'd be, we'd be eating or whatever, and, and you know, he would, he'd be eating his lunch, and then, you know, he'd, you know, he'd, he'd be in the middle of eating it, and he'd be like, you want, you want some of my lunch? I'd be like, I've, I've got my lunch, but thanks. You know, but then if I was still hungry after I got done with my lunch and he still had some lunch, he, well, yeah, you know. And so my mom always makes this statement like, eat my lunch. You know, and what it is, it's like this, my dad would give me anything that he possibly could, humanly possible, uh, because he loves me. And, and, and that's the way God works. And, 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 you know, it's hard for a lot of people to understand that because maybe their earthly father doesn't mimic uh, what we know of as the heavenly father who loves us unconditionally so much that he sent his son to die for us despite the fact that we're sinners and all this stuff that, you know, he loves us like that. He wants, he wants us uh, to, uh, to be able to feel that love and that understanding and, and to know that he's always there. I mean, those are such huge pieces to our life and it changes how we function because when, when, when I can go forward in this life, knowing that that's who God is, I mean, it changes how I navigate through, like, you know, the, I, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I mean, it means that we can navigate through this world no longer in fear, knowing that our heavenly father, who is the creator of all things and Lord over all things, is going before us, is with us, and behind us. 
Like he's, I mean, like, it's like, you know, it's kind of like getting to, you know, walk in the room with like the, you know, the most famous person there was or whatever. And you're kind of like, that's right. I'm part of the entourage. You know I mean? It's, that's, that's like, you know, going with God. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing thing. So, uh, that's, that's the real reason. Uh, You know, a lot of people could say, oh, you're just wanting to pick it. You know, some of these people and different beliefs and whatever. That's really not my intention. Uh, my intention is, is that we have a, we have a great understanding of who God is and that as we're going through life that we're not, you know, missing construing who he is, uh, but also that we're not falling prey, you know, to some of the things like we see Paul talk about with false prophets and, and things like that too. Uh, you know, TV preachers looking for your money and you, you know, you could buy God out or whatever. It's just a bunch of baloney. So uh, anyway, all right, Matthew 7. Let's go to Matthew 7. Today we're talking about uh, another misconception, one of those that, that you've probably heard, maybe, maybe you've even said it at some point in your life where you have, you've looked at somebody and they've said something to you about, about, you know, kind of where you are and what you're doing and, and all that. And, and probably out of anger, you turned around and you said this statement, only God can judge me, right? Only God can judge me. So that's, that's, that's the misconception today that we're going to talk about. And so uh, there is some truth, there's a little bit of truth to that, and we're going to see what Jesus says about that statement, uh, and then we're going to see what Paul talks about with that statement too in some ways. Uh, and, and it's important for us to understand, let me, let, me, let me really, really make clear that my main goal today, other than Jesus being glorified, is, is that when we leave here, we understand as the church that we have some responsibilities to each other to help each other, to love each other well, uh, but that also we do not have responsibilities to be those people on the street corners with the signs yelling, hey, you're a bunch of sinners and you're all going to hell. Okay, so uh, there's, there's, there's this medium in there. We're going we're gonna to find that today. I'm gonna hopefully help us to see that. So here we go. Uh, Matthew 7, uh, verse 1 says this. It says, judge not that you be not judged. This is Jesus, okay? For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Okay, so we're going to talk about this for just a minute. The last time I shared shared this passage of Scripture, I don't know, probably about a year ago or so, I remember preaching it. It wasn't all that long ago because uh, I brought a log from home. I I did not bring a log today. I think all of my logs are like termite infested at this point out in my yard, so I just didn't feel like termites on my head would be a great thing. But uh, if you were here for that service, when I was talking about what it looks like to, uh, to this, this hypocrite thing that Jesus is talking about in this passage was this idea that we were going to go around, like I might go around calling somebody out for what's going on in their life, the sin in their life, when in my own I have this huge thing, and, 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 it, and Jesus illustrates it with like this something in your eye thing. He illustrates it with like that your brother has a speck in his eye, but that you, while you're saying, hey, you got that in your eye, you need to get that out, you're, you know, you, 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 Jesus is like, but you've got a whole stinking log. And so I don't know if you remember, I walked around with a log like attached to my head here for a little while, uh, you know, and, and, and it's driving this home. It's like, we can't ignore what's right here until we have done something with that. Not, can, not till then can we help a brother with the speck that is in their eye. So, so this is, and, and, and I, I read somebody say that this might be like one of the most quoted passages of scripture nowadays in this world by people that are not even Christians a lot of times. Like, like you know, uh, judge not that you not be judged. The very first verse right there. And, and you know, and it's that verse, you know, it's like, oh, well, yeah. And, and so it's easy to take that verse and say, well, only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. No, that's not what that says, though. It doesn't say only God can judge me. It just says judge not that you be not judged. In fact, it goes into an even deeper understanding that we will be judged based upon how we judge others. Now, there's a little food for thought. 
Like, what's that look like for us today? Grace is an amazing thing. Grace is an absolute amazing thing for us. And it's one of those things that we take for granted. We don't think a whole lot about it many days of our life, but the, the fact that, that we stumble, we fall, we mess up, we have sin that we, we continually struggle with or whatever it is, but God continues to show us grace. And, and the truth is, is that we see all through Scripture, we too are called to show that kind of grace to others. But there is this, there is this place where we are also called to help one another, okay? And I want you to hear the words that I'm using here, helping one another and loving one another by helping them to see the speck that might be in their eye. Now, from this passage, we have an understanding that, yeah, we can do that. I mean, you go to the very end of this, uh, verse 5, where it starts, you hypocrite, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. This is Jesus saying this. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So first deal with the sin that's in your life, and then you can also help others out with the sin that is in theirs. Now let, let, me, let me just kind of, let me, let me put this into perspective for us, because I think this is important uh, before we like, you know, put on our, our, you know, judge robes and get our gavels out, okay, Judge Judy. Uh, and so, um, you know, I think for us to kind of recognize that something that happens with us personally when we allow God to work on us and to work on the sin that is in our lives, we're humbled by that, okay? I don't know about you, but I'm humbled by that. Like when, when I legitimately go to the Lord, allow him to work on me and work on the sin that is in my life, help eradicate that sin, help take away those things that I've struggled with or do struggle with or whatever that Jesus has already died for. He's already freed me from, but I'm still holding on to some of those things because I'm, you know, I'm a sinner and that's what I do and I make dumb decisions sometimes. But when I do that and I allow God to work on me through that, I'm humbled, okay? Now, a humble person, a humble person, the last time I checked, is not the person that's standing on the street corners with the signs saying, you're going to hell. You know what I'm talking about? You know those people, right? There's a, there's a whole group of them out there. In fact, there's a, a, whole, a whole bunch of them that are... Um, uh, connected to a church. I don't even know that it's really actually a church. I don't think it's actually a church. Uh, but they, they say that they're a part of this church, and it's, I can't even remember where, Westboro. Westboro. I'll go ahead and call it out for what it is. Uh, Westboro Baptist Church, which is a shame that they even call themselves Baptist, but uh, whatever. And so, um, you know, so you've got people like that who are out in the world they're kind of pointing fingers and saying, hey, you guys are going to hell because you're this or you're that or whatever. And, and here's the truth, folks. We're not going to hell for any other reason other than we're sinners and we don't know Jesus. It's not because of a sexual orientation. It's not because of a, a whatever else it is. It is literally down to we are sinners and we all need Jesus. I am a sinner and before I believed and received Christ as my Savior, I, was, I too was right there and I was going to hell. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just a truth of, of Scripture, truth for us to understand. And so for those of us who are believers, as we allow God to help remove the logs from our own eyes and our own lives, I'm going to tell you something that happens. We get humbled. And humble people don't point fingers. Humble people care about other people. Humble people go to other people and they say, man, I, I love you. I'm, you know, I've noticed you've been kind of struggling. Can I help you with that? That's a whole lot different approach than, hey, buddy, you're going to hell, right? I mean, because that's, that's the difference there. And I want us to see, and I'm kind of trying to be stark with it today because I want us to see the difference with this today because this is important for us. This is, this is important for us as we navigate this world, it's important for us because God has called us to go and be light and he has called us to go and love all the people and that all the people might hear the gospel. And you go, well, Chris, you know, they're sinners and they're in this lifestyle or they're doing this or what, whatever it is, pick your flavor. And, and, and you, you pick any of those things and, and the, 
The thing that what we're saying when we say that is saying, Chris, you know, they can't be Christians because X, Y, Z. No, they can be Christians. They're probably not ever going to get past those sinful lifestyles until they've met Jesus. I mean, what's the difference? I mean, we got sin in our life. What do we, who, what do we expect to, to eradicate the sin in our own lives other than Jesus? And how are they supposed to know Jesus if they don't ever know us? I mean, that's just so plain and simple for us today. That's so plain and simple, and that's what I want it to be. I want it to be plain and simple for us today to understand that this is something that we're all called to. We've all got people in our lives that we know, you know, they're, they're struggling with whatever it is. They're, you know, they're way into this or they're doing that or, you know, this is all they've ever known. And, and let, me just, let me just encourage us today. God has called us to go and be the light. And in being the light, he wants to use us to do great things in showing them Christ and loving them and caring for them. And when they see us loving and caring, I gotta, I just, I'll just tell you. My, my buddy Dave, who's in the hospital right now, um, man, such an amazing dude, partly because he let me borrow his Porsche for a few days once last year. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But he did let me do that, which was pretty awesome. Uh, and so, uh, but no, Dave, Dave, Dave is just an amazing dude. We, we have become great friends. He has no family around here. This is, a, this is I, hope, I hope, maybe a, a good example of like what this looks like for us to live this out. Uh, Dave comes to our house, he eats dinner with us, my kids love Dave, Dave loves my kids, he's family to us. He doesn't know the Lord, but does that stop us from loving him? No, absolutely not. Uh, and there's probably things in Dave's life that I, I may not agree with or whatever things he's done. Uh, no surprise, there's probably things in my life that he doesn't agree with or whatever too. Um, but he made this statement to me while talking to me about his atheism while we were eating chips and salsa at exit 31 not that long ago. And he said to me, he said, and, and he was just openly talking to me about, you know, faith and uh, where he was, and, and, you know, and he just, you know, I, I, I made a comment about, you know, because uh, he was struggling with some things in his life, and I don't think he mind me telling some of this, and he was struggling with a couple things in his life and just talking about, you know, just where he was with that. And he knew that that stuff was bad for him and was kind of hurting him more than it was helping him. But it was kind of, you know, scratching an itch or whatever it was. And, uh, and he said, man, I just, you know, I, and, then, and, he's, and he kind of said something about me. And he said, and then I look at you and I see kind of where you are. And it's, man, I just feel like it, it's so far to think, you know, like from where I'm at to where you are kind of thing. You know, it just seems like so far away. I just don't know how I could ever, you know, be comfortable in this life the way things are right now. And, and, I, and I looked at him, and I, it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I, I looked at him, and I said, you know, it's only one step away. And he just looked at me, and he grinned, you know, and he's like, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, now, and now you're going to tell me it's, you know, believe in Jesus. And, and I, I said, yeah, yeah. I said, it's faith, man. I, I said, it's one of those things. But what great conversations for us to be having. I mean, if we're not getting to have those conversations in life, we're missing the point of why God has sent us into the world. And that's super important for us to get today. Um, so we do that with love. And, and oh, so here's what Dave said to me, and this was where I was going with that. Sorry, my head's all over the place in many directions with this. Um, so he looked at me and he said, you know, he said, one thing I got to say to you. He said, he said, you know, we're friends. He said, one thing that I have appreciated from the beginning of our friendship is he said, you've never looked down on me. He said, I don't ever feel like you've judged me or considered me a lesser friend or anything else. In fact, you treat me like family when I come to your house. And I said, man, that, that means a lot for me to hear that from you. And I said, and that's what I want. I said, that's what I want. I said, and, and, and folks, for us and these people that God is placing in our lives, and maybe, and maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you can sit here today and you can say, you, if you were being honest today over chips and salsa, uh, which I hope you are because that's a glorious thing, uh, both of those things together is even it's more magical. Uh, but when we are, if you are, and, and maybe you're sitting here today, maybe you could say, you know, Chris, I'm one of those people. I know I don't know the Lord. 
I've never trusted in the Lord. I've never believed in Jesus and who he is and the work of what God has done through sending his son to die for us, to take my place in death, that he took death for me. He paid the ransom. He paid, he paid the debt that was owed for the sin that I've committed in my life. That's what Jesus has done for us, folks. He's paid the debt that we deserve for all of the sin in our life. And all we have to do is believe. God loves us. He loved us so much he sent him to do that for us. So there's this understanding that, you know, we'll be judged by how we judge. Uh, and, and to go with the phrase, only God can judge me, I think is, I think is to, for us to be reminded today uh, that that's not necessarily true. In fact, I want us to look at what it looks like for us to judge one another, because this sounds real awesome, doesn't it? Like, uh, listen, we're going to start judging one another. Starting next weekend at 24, we're going to have like a, a panel of judges. We've got some real ones and we've got some fake ones. Okay, so because we've got some that are just keyboard commandos and they're great at having an opinion. So we've asked some of those, and then we've got like some legitimate judges that live around here that are going to come. Uh, no, uh, I want us to look at this. Let's look, let's look at the picture of what it looks like for us to do what we were just talking about. Because again, the word judge is very harsh. I want us to hear like if we're coming out of being people who God has helped pull the logs out of our eyes, we're coming humbly. Loving one another, caring for one another, and that's, that's what we're going to get into. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. First Corinthians chapter 5, and as we go into this passage, I want us to think about how the people that we really love in our life, we are honest with them. Now, some of you have no problem being honest with anybody. Like, like there's, there's some of you in here, there's at least one person in this church that I have nicknamed Sandpaper, uh, and, and it is because she will say anything to you. She does not care who you are, Dusty Hudgens. And so, uh, I'm sorry, what? And so... Uh, and so, uh, yeah, but no, there's, there's just those people. Some people have no, they, they make no qualms about being honest. They'll say anything to you. They care, you know, and it may or may not be because they care. But for those people in our lives that we care about, we got to be honest with those people. Like if we see them on the train wreck as it's happening, we've got to speak up and be like, hey, bro, I love you. Don't, don't go there. Don't do that. Like, what can I do to help you right now? Now, that's a lot different than like the judgy, judgy, oh, you're, you know, you, you're not doing great and you're going to hell, whatever kind of stuff. So uh, let's get a picture of this. First Corinthians 5, we see this. Uh, and this is, a, this is a situation that Paul is writing in this letter to the church at Corinth. Um, sorry, my mic is all jacked up today for 10,000 reasons I won't get into because you don't care. Um, but this is a situation that Paul is writing in this letter to the church at Corinth about. And as he's writing this letter, he's writing about a specific situation uh, where uh, a dude is basically sleeping with his stepmother, I think is the way we understand this. Yes, uh, it's a dude sleeping with his, with, his, with his stepmother. And so Paul is speaking to this because these are apparently people that are within the church. Kids are getting education today. Sorry, Got kids' church. Uh, so <laughs> I try, I'm trying to keep it, but it is what it is. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but so we've got, this, we've got this situation, and what's happening, the reason that Paul is speaking to this is because Paul wants the church to deal with these things instead of ignoring these things. Now, if we go, if we go under the guise that we are not to judge one another... And we're never supposed to say anything to anybody about anything going on in their life that they might be doing that might be hurting themselves or might be sinful or whatever it is. Then, then we as a church would never speak up to one another about things like this. And that's what was going on in this situation. Let's just read it. Verse 1, it says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that, you, that is not tolerated even among pagans. So basically, Paul's like, guys, like you're letting stuff go on that even like the world is like, oh my gosh, look at that. Like, I cannot believe, you know. And, and so he goes on, for a man has his father's wife, 
Verse 2, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. So Paul, Paul gets, I mean, he gets legit like real fast. Um, first of all, he talks about them being arrogant in the midst of this situation. Now, we, we don't know completely what he means by this statement. We believe that he means one of two things. Uh, we believe that, um, that the people of the church are ignoring it, and they're being arrogant and saying, well, I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and I'm just going to let them do whatever they do, and it's none of my business, and going on in that kind of an arrogance, or that it's an arrogance of, well, you know, Jesus died for all sins, and so, you know, we'll just, you know, it's covered, it's covered, but Scripture teaches us that we don't go on sinning. I hope that we all understand that. That's never a blanket statement, and that would be this arrogance that, that's possible that Paul is talking about. Again, we don't know exactly which arrogance that it is that the people of the church were having in this moment, but they were having an arrogance. Paul was speaking to it. It was one of these things. Either way, I think it's good for us to remember that, that neither is good for us to fall into. And it goes on, and it says in verse 3, it says, for though absent in body, I am present in spirit, and as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. And so basically, Paul is writing from a distance. He's, you know, because he's like, I'm saying, I'm not there, but I want you to know that, that my heart is there, and I am broken over what's going on, and I am, I am encouraging you. I'm, I'm saying to you, you've got to do something about this. And, and we'll, we'll read through the whole thing before we get into seeing whether or not Paul's doing, saying the right thing or not. Verse 4, it says, when, when you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present with the power of the Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. We'll come back to that. We'll keep going. Verse 6, your boasting is not good. This is, again, the arrogance thing. We're not sure if they're boasting about, you know, we got this great church, you know, and we're pretending this other thing's not happening, or this boasting in, uh, well, Christ died for all sins, and, you know, we can just sin and do whatever we want to, which is also not good. He um, says, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are really, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, and I'll talk about that, for Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Verse 9, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexual immoral people, not at, all, not at all meaning the sexual immoral of this world or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters since you, would, since you would need to go out into the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such one. So he's kind of going through all these different, you know, like, you know, lifestyle sins, and, 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 but I hope that you're seeing what he's saying. He's talking about the difference between how we treat people in the world and how we treat people who we call brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, brother. He's saying, I'm not talking about people in the world. I'm talking about those that you talk about as a brother. In other words, he's saying to us, he's saying to us as the church, we've got to be willing to speak up to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. That is completely different. That's completely different than what we see these people going out and standing on the street corners and telling everybody they're going to hell or whatever it is because they're this or they're that or they've done this, they've done that. And for us this morning, I think that for us to see that the statement, only God can judge me, is not a true statement just if for no other reason in the fact that we as believers are called as brothers and sisters in Christ to help one another see those specks in each other's eyes. Now again, there's a way we go about that. There's a way we go about that and it's done with love. It, it's done with grace. In fact, I, I easily can make an argument that it is, 
that it is always, always done in a charitable way where it should be for the good of that person, that it is foreseeing the good of that person. Now, let me, let me tell you what's not doing this the right way, okay? Like, what's not doing this the right way is when we get together with other people, okay, and we're like, you know, hey, you, you, heard, about, you heard about so-and-so. Oh, my gosh. The, man, they are really making a wreck of things, aren't they? Oh, my God. Did you, did you know? Did you know what they did? Oh, my God. That is not... Okay, that's called gossip, okay? So that's not helpful. Okay, so don't do that. Go to the person. Remember, if, if, if we love them, we will be honest with them, and we can have hard conversations sometimes in, in ways that are loving and caring and not, hey, I've come because i got all my junk together. We'll never get all of our junk together. But the truth is if we come humbly after examining our own hearts and our own lives, God can use us in the life of a brother or sister in Christ. Again, this is talking about within the church. This is what we look at as our covenant membership here at 24 Church. I hope you know that. If you don't know what our covenant membership is about, there's a lot about that. Like when you, like we all covenant together, and I say we all, I mean the pastors here at this church, you guys, I mean all of us, we all covenant together like, I've signed it just like everybody else has signed it that's in our covenant membership saying, if you see something in my life that I, that, that's, that's a speck in my eye and, 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 you, and you feel like God is leading you to say something to me about it, I'll have like 15 people lined up after the service after this, right? You know, but, but if you see something in my life and you feel like God's saying, man, Chris, I don't know about that with Chris. You know, I think I, think, you know, I, think I need to say something to him about that or whatever. Then, then listen, please come and say, and, 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 and opposite, same thing. Like you sign it, then you're saying to all of the members of 24 Church, I want you to help me. Help me pursue the Lord. That's what this is about. It's not about like who... How many people have got it all right and how many people have got it all wrong or this person's got more sin than this person or whatever it is. It is merely about pushing people to Jesus, period. That's what it's about. Paul goes on and he says this in verse 12. He says, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? You see that? I mean, he can't be more clear about this. What, what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Now there, there's your, there's your only God can judge me. If they are not a believer, that's an absolutely true statement. It goes on and says, purge the evil person from among you. Now this is, this is some harsh talk Paul's talking about. He's talking about like turning people over to Satan and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's, it gets like crazy in this passage, doesn't it? So basically, Paul is talking about church discipline. And, and we, we completely, at 24, we completely believe in church discipline. We have gotten to the point, I, it, more so than any other church that I've ever been a part of, where we have actually had to have a couple sit-down conversations, uh, people being basically unrepentant, about wanting uh, what, what we would say are unbiblical divorces or uh, you know, things like that where we're, just, we're trying to help. We're trying to, you know, and basically what it was is, well, I won't get into details, but it was just not good. Uh, and there was other reasons why, and we knew that there were probably other reasons why, but we were kind of coming along and saying, hey, we love you. We'll pay for counseling. We want to walk through this with you. Like, what, what can we do to help? And they're basically going, uh-uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out, you know, whatever, you can't do anything. And then there was, was other, you know, other stuff going on. So in situations like this, you know, they're, they're extreme. You don't see that very much. And, and, I, and I hope and pray we don't ever have to see one again, as far as I'm concerned. But the truth is that it stands that there's an understanding for us as believers that we're saying to one another, I want you to hold me accountable, and I too want to hold you accountable because I care for you and love you, not because I've got all my stuff together. Paul says God judges those outside. So that's not for us. It's not for us to, you know, I mean, we, we, know, we know what sin is. The Bible explains clearly what sin is. If you're having any trouble with that, I, you know, that's, 
That, that's an easy one. You know, and I don't think we have to do a study on like what sin is as far as you know, what, what things in this life should we not fall into or whatever. But for us just to have this understanding that we as a people are a people that should exist with grace and with love, caring, humbly coming to others in moments where it's like, you know, we gotta, we're going to have to talk, you know, I'm going to have to talk with you about this or whatever, that we're doing that in the right heart. Never out of, never out of malice, never out of anger, you know, and, 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 the, and the truth is that sometimes we're, we're tempted by that. We're tempted with the anger. We're tempted by that, that person wronged me or that person, you know, and, and that's where, again, we've got to show one another grace. We've we got logs in our eyes. We've got logs in our eyes. And so even though, even though the phrase only God can judge me is not true necessarily for believers, we've got to recognize that there is a proper way and a right way of going about that. Because if we do that out of anger, I guarantee you that God won't be glorified by it. And it won't, and it won't be about, well, I love them enough to say something. <laughs> it, it'll be, well, I'm mad enough that I want to hurt them is what it'll be. And that's, there's a big difference in that gap. And we want this to be about pushing one another toward Christ. So even if you go back, I want to go back up um, for verse 3, where Paul talks about being absent. He's not there. It says, For though I am absent in body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one uh, who did such a thing. He's basically trying to kind of help lead them. And he's saying, guys, I'm telling you, I'm not even there, but I'm telling you, you guys need to move on this. You guys, you, if, if they're unrepentant, if they're going to go on living in this lifestyle, they need to be removed from the body. They are not following the Lord, okay? And, and that's, that's hard to hear for us because we're like, well, Chris, where's the grace and all that? Listen, the grace is there. still called to love these people, still called to minister to these people. Um, you know, it's just an understanding that, they're, that they're, not, they're not acting as a brother or sister of Christ. And so it goes on. It says, when you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus and in my spirit is, pr and, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh... And I want you to check this out because I think this is important to understanding the, the mindset behind even church discipline. It says, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. I hope that you see what that's saying. That's saying that the reasoning behind doing that would be in, in hopes that because of a group of people that loves this person are willing to collectively say, we love you. Please, please don't let this go on in your life. That, that their heart would be changed, that they would turn back to the Lord, and, and as he just blatantly puts it, uh, that they may be saved in the day of the Lord. In other words, not that it's, it's, it's not for kicking people out of the church. It is because we love them and we care for them and we're, we're doing whatever we can to try to help keep them on track with following Jesus. And there are people out there, Ben and I talked about this, there are people out there that, you know, they're like the church discipline lovers. Like they love, they love to hear about church. You know, I've, and I can't tell you how many people, and this it seems like a movement that's happened in more recent years. People that I'll, I'll meet somebody and they'll be like, you know, they'll be t asking about our church or whatever. And I'll get the question. I've gotten the question many times in the last several years. It's usually amongst like more churchy minister type people or whatever. But they'll say, well, do you guys believe in church discipline? And it's like they're hungry to hear some stories or something. And I'm like, well, gosh, we had this situation and it was terrible. It was heartbreaking. But somebody that I love, I still love them. I still care for them very much. You know, and, and, and I, was like, I was like, you know, but, but that's not where we want to be. You don't do church discipline because you, do, you love it or something like that. We love the people and we're hoping to see them return to the Lord and away from these things that we know are hurting them in their lives. Here's a, great, here's a great example that Paul was writing this um, in, in, the, in the wake of some of these things. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. You can just see on screen, it's just one, one verse or whatever. You can write it down, whatever. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Uh, Paul wrote 
uh, this, and in doing so, he's talking about that charitable judgment that I was talking about a few minutes ago, that, that it, it's, it's for the good of the person. Charity is for somebody's good, like we're trying to help somebody, somebody that needs help. And oftentimes, let's just face it, folks, oftentimes in our lives, we fall into sin and we don't see it. We oftentimes fall into having a need and we don't see it. And, and that's, part of, that's part of the importance of like us being in community with one another, that we can help one another see things in each other's lives in a loving way. And like, a, hey, have you noticed you seems to be a thing for you, you know, kind of thing. But you, know, you don't get to have those real discussions unless you're spending time with people. That means you're in community, okay? Again, why it's important to be in community, why we push microchurches and all that stuff. Uh, but it says this, it says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And verse 11 goes on, it says this, it says, finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration. Comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the love of God. The, and, the, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So we got to have that as the foundation in how we make these approaches. As God leads us to do these things. There's never a point where like, I don't, we don't see any point in scripture where God like calls anybody to be like the sin, the, the sin Nazis. Okay? That's, that's not it. Okay? That's not it. We all know that we're with sin. Okay? We know the difference of what it looks like to struggle with a sin and to be living a sin lifestyle that is wrecking our lives and disrupting the unity of the church. Those are two different things. It goes on here in Matthew 18, verse 15. It says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Alone. All right? So you're going to that person, just you and them. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. It gives further instructions if he doesn't. But again, it's done with a heart of understanding that the aim, Paul's words, aim for restoration. Aim for restoration. Not, hey, you made me mad and I'm kicking you out of the church. It's not that, okay? It's not that. I want to read this quote from uh, Trip Lee, who is a Christian rapper. It says, It's ridiculous to harshly condemn others and to stand over them as if your life is perfect. God is the only judge with clean hands. The rest of us are dirty people pointing each other to the shower. I think that's good. I think that's a good place for us to fall in this. It's good for us to recognize that there is this calling for us to help one another and be there for one another and help guide one another. But it is not for us to be sin Nazis. It's out of caring. And, and, and here's, here's the truth. If we're staying in that space of seeking the Lord, allowing Him to humble us by removing sin from our life, then our approach with those people in our life that God is allowing us to call brothers and sisters in Christ will be an approach where we are able to go in and do this with love. And it will never be about, I don't like this person, they made me angry. All, all those things should be red flags. All those things should be things that cause us to go, you know what, I need, I need to back up. My heart's not in the right place on this. I'm wanting to say something for the wrong reason and seek the Lord about it. We should examine ourselves and then go help one another out. Galatians 6, and I'm going to close with this, verse 1. It says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. That's a good word. If you're here today and you're not a believer, you've never trusted in Jesus, you know, you may be hearing all this and going, wow, that's, this is intense, you know? 
let me just say something to you. Let me just say that um, it, it can be intense, but the truth is, is it's actually like this really awesome thing that happens when we have a biblical community of people who uh, seek to befriend each other and be family to one another. And that's what we're called to be here is to be a family to one another uh, and for one another that is on the mission for the sake of the gospel that other people would know Jesus and that we would push, push each other closer to him. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you that if you're, if you're kind of on the outside looking in at what's it look like to be a believer, I hope that it looks like a family to you. I hope that you see that the reason that it's good for us to talk through this kind of stuff right here, number one, is so that we're not out there acting a fool and doing something God doesn't want us to do by telling the rest of the world that they're going to hell. And number two, that we're correctly trying to love one another through those hard moments of life. And that's important. And it's important, it's important that we never get arrogant that we don't want to do it or that we're pretending it's not there. Or that we're saying, well, Jesus covered it all, so it doesn't really matter. No, it does matter because we, we don't want people to be hurt. And the truth is this, sin destroys. Sin destroys. So for those people that God's put in our lives as brothers and sisters in Christ, if we see them literally destroying their life, we should step in because we love them. We care for them. Not because we got it figured out. Not because we're without sin. But because sometimes we just have to help each other up. That's what this is about. If someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. That's what we want to do. We'd love to do that for you. If, if you're looking to be a part of a family, a church family, or you're looking to trust in Jesus, we would love to talk with you about that today. And in lieu of that, here in just a second, we're going to take communion together. <clears throat> we're going to remember together in this time what Christ has done for us that he split the sea so we could walk right through it. I mean, that's, that's so key for us in understanding, remembering that what God has done, he's done in a work for us through his son. He sent his only son to die for us. That never gets old. That message always points us back to who God is and his loving self, his loving father. Let's pray together. God, we come today and, God, we just, we ask, Lord, that we wouldn't be the judgy, judgy people. God, we pray that you would keep us from that. Protect us from ourselves, even when someone angers us or whatever it is, but God, just help us to see through those things for what they are. God, furthermore, help us to be a people who love one another to say what needs to be said when it needs to be said. God, help us with those things. Help us, help us to love well. Help us to show grace well. Lord, we, we pray just right now, I pray to you right now as I come to you, God, I pray that you would continually humble my heart. I pray that you would help protect my heart from anger and all those things, Lord, that are sinful, Lord, so that as if you ever do need me to say something to someone else, it's done in the right spirit. God, help us all to do that. Lord, for the one that's here, the two, the three, the ten, whoever's listening to this right now, God, that hasn't trusted in you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would show them, Lord, a family of people who love one another because of the love that you've shown us first, that we're willing to be there for one another, even in the hard moments. God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to their heart. I pray that they would recognize their need for you as a sinner. And God, save them. Lord, help them to believe. Help them to have faith today in you and do a work in their heart. We ask all this in your name. Amen.